great. Amen, amen. That was great. Choir, thank you so much. Senior adult choir, thank you guys so much. I love our senior adult choir. When I get to be a senior adult, I'll join you. <laughs> Somebody asked me, said, how long you been preaching? I said, about 40 years. I started when I was five, okay? That'd make me about 45. Someone said, are you nervous? Scared to death. Really am. But not as much as last time I was up here. Do you recall? Do you remember? I do. The minister of music starts walking this way. Says, hey, Richard, I got pulled up here and I sang a duet with Steve. Y'all remember that? It's a classic. <laughs> Tapes are for sale down in the bookstore. Of course, they're eight track, <laughs> but they're down there. I have an idea. I make a motion, you know, we're Baptists, we love to vote. I make a motion that the next time we have a quartet, here it is, West, Philip, me, and Steve. Let's do it upright. All in favor say aye. I think that's unanimous, all right? Maybe two, two no's. I tell you, I love Brother Steve. I was in a meeting last night with Steve, or last week with Steve, and Steve and I were in a meeting, and these two ladies were asking, when is the next big event in your church? They said, we know you do Celebration of Liberty and the pageant. When is the next big thing? You know what his answer was? Next Sunday. Amen. Aren't you glad that we have a church that sees every single Sunday as the big deal? Every time we worship together, it is a big deal. Well, it's Senior Adult Sunday. I love our senior adults. I love trying to keep up with them. You saw that video. They are very, very active. Hard to keep up with Betty Jo. Hard to keep up with her. It's a wonderful time when we can honor senior adults. I, um, I was in a restaurant, and uh, we were talking about how frugal senior adults are. Now, I know that's not true. But, you know, you got that reputation, you know, you're, you're frugal. But I'm glad for senior adults that have given and paid the price and who were faithful through the years, and we have the church we have today because of their faithfulness. Really do. Amen. But, you know, how do you recognize a senior adult? Well, gray hair and wrinkles, we, we get that. 
Also, someone said by their smell. <laughs> Doesn't sound too flattering, does it? I said, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, you know, they put mentholatum on their nose, Bengay on their knees, gold, bound, gold bond powder on their feet, you know, by, by their smell. Senior adults always have Hall's cough drops. You ever notice that? Carry them in their pocket. In fact, they, they carry cough drops in one pocket and Tums in the other. Got you covered both ways. But also they are like the Energizer Bunny, they don't quit. They just keep on keeping on. I told somebody one time, I said, if you want to live a long time, if you want to have a long marriage, join First Baptist Church. I mean, we got folks around here all the time, 90s and you know, going to live up into their hundreds. and I mean, they, they live a long time, it seems like, around here and have long marriages. I did hear the story about, about the couple that was married a long time. One day, the, the wife was getting sick. The husband walked through the living room. She's laying on the couch. He said, darling, we've been married so long, and I just want to tell you how wonderful it's been, this long marriage. He said, what's the secret of our marriage? And she said, well, it's all in the box. He said, what do you mean? She said, well, at the top of our bedroom closet, there's a shoe box. And if you'll go get that box, I'll show you the secret of our marriage. So sure enough, he goes in there and gets a shoe box, opens up the shoe box and Inside that shoebox are three things. There are two crocheted dolls and $95,000. So he brings that back in there and says, I don't get it, explain this to me. She said, well, when we first got married, wise counsel from an older lady said, every time you get mad at your husband, just crochet a doll. He smiled and said, man, isn't that sweet? You've just been mad at me two times. <laughs> she said, oh, no, see that $95,000? That's all the money I made selling all those crochet dolls. <laughs> man, that's marriage, isn't it? That's marriage. Well, how do you identify a senior adult, well, let me switch to something else. How do you identify a saint of God? I want you to know we're living in a time of a identity crisis. There is a identity crisis in trying to identify what a real child of God is and looks like. Years ago, if you said, I'm a Christian, a child of God, people knew what that was. Now they don't. By the way, you know, it's just us here. Let me tell you this. Years ago, they knew what a Baptist was. We kind of lost sight of that too today. There is a 
identity crisis going on, and yet the people of God today need their identity as children of God seen before a lost world. I had an uh, interesting thing happen to me. I had to file a tax return in another state. So I filed the return and I got a letter in the mail from the tax commission in this state. Boy, I tell you, when I got that letter, my heart started pounding. You know, you don't want to get those letters. And I thought, what did I do wrong? So I opened up the letter and I, I read the contents. Here's what it said. It said, we want to make sure that you are who you say you are. So we're going to invite you to go to this website and take a identity quiz. Now, first off, I, I thought, man, it's a scam. Well, sure enough, it was not a scam. They were just doing this. It's a new thing a lot of states are doing called a identity quiz to make sure that you are who you say you are. So I, I went to the website, got on there, started taking the quiz. First of all, I was amazed at how much they knew about me. I mean, they, they even knew I liked zero candy bars. I mean, they, they knew everything about me. But anyway, I, I'm taking the quiz. Then I finished the quiz. Then on the screen it popped up this message. Congratulations. You passed the identity quiz. You are who you say you are. I'm glad to know that. But I want you to know in the Word of God, there is a clear definition as to who the people of God are. The Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. The book of Romans is a clear picture of who the people of God really, really are. Let me give you a little background on the book of Romans. Paul probably was in Corinth when he wrote the book of Romans. And Paul there dealing with a very, very troubled church. I mean, can you imagine writing Romans while you're dealing with Corinthians? And yet Paul writes this wonderful, majestic, powerful word there in the book of Romans. He writes Romans there in Corinth and then Paul takes the book of Romans and he hands it off to a female. Her name is Phoebe. Paul gives the book of Romans to Phoebe and says, I charge you, I entrust you to take this book, to take this letter to Rome. She was entrusted with the Word of God. You can read about that in Romans chapter 16, verses 1 and following. Now, let me just share this with you. She was entrusted with one book of the Bible, but you and I have been entrusted with the totality of the Word of God. Is that not a challenge for you and I that God has entrusted us with the living, powerful, inerrant Word of God. I want to tell you, grass withers and flower fades, but 
but the word of God stands forever. So Phoebe was faithful. Aren't you glad she was? Because we now have a Roman road to salvation. We have Romans chapter 8. Boy, where would you be without Romans 8, 28? By the way, the longer I preach, the louder I get. Y'all figured that out, didn't you? But we have this wonderful book of the Bible. But then Paul in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. You find in Romans 12, 1 and 2, there is a picture, the identity of the people of God. It's really wrapped up in one word. It's the word sacrifice. We are a sacrifice. So I want to read from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And, and because, uh, because you've been sitting for a while, and because I just want us to honor the reading of God's word, I want to invite you to stand to your feet, Get your Bible, find Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. Let's stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Thank you. Y'all can be seated. Our response to all that Jesus has done for us is found right there. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2 is the identity that we need to reclaim. It is the identity of the people of God that we need to capture before a lost and dying world. How do we do it? Let me share with you today three things real quick, all right? Three different points on how we rediscover and reclaim our identity. Number one, there is God's call to consecration. God's call to be consecrated to Him. It is the idea of being sold out, all in. It's the idea that Jesus had when He said, lay down your life, pick up your cross, and come and follow Me. These in the New Testament, they knew what it was like to go to a Roman cross. They were totally 100% sold out to Jesus. It is something spiritual that we do. Now look here again at verse number 1. The Bible says, Therefore I urge. One translation says beseech. The word urge there is close to the same word in Greek as the word for Holy Spirit. It means one called alongside to help. It's the idea of the Apostle Paul putting his arm around the Romans and saying, I've got my arm around you, I've got your back, now go and make a living sacrifice. You know, one of the things about our church is that it's a big church, 
with a small church atmosphere. I mean, I can look out here today. I know who's here and who's not because I know where you sit. I know your spot. It's amazing how quickly that comes about. You know, you, you got your spot. I'm kind of glad for that because I can look around and see where you are. But I want to tell you something. You've also got your spot of encouragement. Man, Paul here, he puts his arm around these Romans and says, I urge you, I'm cheering you on, I want you to be faithful. He's urging them. But he urges them on by one special thing, the mercies of God. You know, because God is merciful, and God looks down on me and gives me grace, because of the mercies of God, I want to be faithful to Him. You know, God looks at my life, and I look at my life, and I can, I can go back in my life, and I can say, there's the spot where God gave me mercy for salvation. Stay with me on this. There's the spot where God called me to the ministry. There's the spot when I prayed that God would send me a gorgeous-looking woman to be my wife. God did that. There's the spot where God healed my body. There's the spot where I thought I was bankrupt and money just showed up in my bank account. There, there's the spot. I mean, I can spot the spots where God has been faithful to me. The mercies of God. Well, it also is volitional. Verse number one says we are to present, make a presentation. The idea here is to make a beautiful presentation. And I want to tell you, I had one of my favorite dinners last night. You're going to turn your nose up. Tell you already, you're not going to like it. You know over there in England... I went to breakfast over there. They had scrambled eggs and pork and beans. They don't have grits, they have pork and beans. You've been over there to UK, they, they serve pork and beans out there for breakfast, they do. So I had that last night, trying to eat healthy. I had egg beaters, didn't have the real eggs. Doc, I had, had egg beaters, all right. And I had those pork and beans and and, you know, toast on there. I was so proud of what I fixed. I, I showed it to Pam. I said, Pam, look, isn't that pretty? She wasn't a bit impressed. <laughs> presentation. The Bible says we're to have a good presentation. And then the Bible also says here, it's to be total. Our bodies were to give to him. God wants your body. Your name may, may be in the book of life. I mean, you may have eternal salvation. Man, that is taken and secure, but God also wants your body for service. Somebody said senior adults got four Bs. We got bulges, bifocals, bunions, and baldness. 
God wants that body for His service. And you might ask me why. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's also to be sacrificial. Verse number 1 says a living and holy sacrifice. Chuck Swindoll says something interesting on that. He says the Romans knew what a dead sacrifice was. They had dead sacrifices all the time. But Paul says it's to be a living sacrifice. Swindoll says living sacrifices have a bad habit of crawling off the altar. We do, don't we? We'll get on the altar of sacrifice and we have a bad habit of crawling off. And that's why every single day we got to get up in the morning and say, Lord, here's my body. God, take my mouth and let me speak for you. God, take my hands and let me find a place of service for you. Do you remember the old preschool song? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Our bodies every single day are to be sold out and committed to Him. It's a sacrifice. Well, it's also worshipful. I look back in verse number 1, it says, Which is your spiritual service of worship? You know, when you serve together, you have joy in worship. When you serve together, you, you just enjoy being together. That's what Paul is talking about. So there must be God's call the consecration to have a new identity. All right, I've got to move quick. Here we go, number two. Second point, to recover our spiritual identity, there's got to be a call for transformation. Transformation. That's verse number two. And Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Paul says you are to be transformed in your life. The call here is to be transformed like it says in 2 Corinthians 5:17. If any man be in Christ, he is a brand new creature. The old things are passed away, behold all things become new. You know when I got saved, God gave me new speech. I was talking to someone the other day and they said, uh, said, now preacher, you sound like you're from Oklahoma or Texas. And I said, just Oklahoma, just Oklahoma. Now if you're from Oklahoma, you don't want to be identified with Texas, all right? Especially when there was a ball game going on. I was real tempted to talk about Kyler Murray today, but I'm not going to do that, all right, Wes? I'm not going to do that. But I do want you to know this. There is a transformation that takes place. And when you and I are transformed by the Spirit of God, and the Bible says in verse number 2, that comes about by the renewing of our mind. The renewing of our mind. In the book of Proverbs, it says, As a man thinks, so he is. You know, when my mind is filled with Scripture, 
And Steve, when my mind is filled with great hymns of the faith, God transforms my life. Let me tell you something I pray for every night before I go to bed. I say, God, when I wake up in the morning, God, let me wake up with a song in my heart. It is amazing how that God answers that prayer. I wake up in the morning with a song in my heart. Our response to all that Jesus has done for us ought to be that holy transformation in our lives. Well, I've got to move on. I'm going to give you the third point today, third and last. Not only a call to consecration, transformation, but number three, there's a call to satisfaction. A call to satisfaction. Again, verse number two goes on to say this, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul tells the Romans that once you've been consecrated, once you've been transformed, that you're going to be satisfied with what God's done with your life. In fact, these words here talk about it being good and acceptable and perfect. I want you to know something. There has never been a time in my life when I've been disappointed at what God has done. He's never failed me. And there's never been a time when God did something miraculous and powerful in my life that I hadn't stood back and said, God, you surprised me with that. God, how wonderful you are. God's will is proven. God's will is pleasing. And God's will is always perfect. Always perfect. The identity crisis. It's real. So if we'll go to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we can recover our identity. I was reading one commentary on this passage written by Dr. Danny Aiken. Danny said that you could call this passage, Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. Now just think about that. Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. Just thinking about that wonderful hymn. And the last verse of that hymn says this. And when before the throne I stand in him complete. Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. If I could close with this today, because, because Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. And one day in heaven, and one day in glory, we're going to spend eternity saying with our lips, thank you, Lord, that you paid it all.
I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me and close your eyes just for a moment of prayer. I want you to do something in your heart and life right now. I want you to say, as a child of God, Lord, here's my body. I commit my body to your service. God, use my tongue. God, use my mouth to speak about your greatness, to share the gospel with someone. Lord, today I'm all in. Today I'm sold out. Today I give my body to you for service. Now, there may be someone here today that you don't know Christ in a personal way. And today you need to give him your life. You need to pray that wonderful prayer of salvation, trusting him as Lord and Savior. Maybe you've not been faithful in joining the church, being faithful in membership. You need to come and do that today. Oh, Father, I preach my heart out today. Lord, now it's up to your spirit to move in someone's life. So, Lord, whether it be visible or invisible, God, I pray that you would work today. God, bless now this time of invitation. Lord, it's a call, a call to consecration a call to transformation, and Lord, a call to just be satisfied in you. Lord, may we be obedient today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me as the choir sings? Staff will be here at the front. Pastor Wes will be here at the front. You come.